to the Boxing Now podcast. I am your host, that dude named Dave, a.k.a. DJ. And sitting to my left, but he is my right-hand man. It is Jorge, a.k.a. Papo. What's popping today, man? Doing good, man. Nothing uh, nothing bad, but well, work. Nothing going on but the rent. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, yep. going, I'm, I'm showing my 80s, uh, showing my age here. But before we get started here, you know, we're going to talk about little Canelo Alvarez and Billy Joe Saunders. We'll talk about Floyd Mayweather. We're going to talk about Teofimo Lopez this week. But before we get started, I got to say this. Click like, subscribe, hit the bell notification for YouTube. Come on, people. We need y'all. By the way, we're at 99 subscribers. We're one away from 100. Brand new show. Get to that nice little round number mark. Come on, people. We need 100 subscribers. We're there. We're begging. We're here. Also, audio podcast. Check us out on uh, Apple, Spotify, in all formats. Click on like. Give us five stars. Give us four stars. Uh, I don't know what's wrong with you. But at the same time, though, comment and show us some love. Okay, Jorge. Oh, yeah. One last thing here. Spangler Sports World. Hey, I was talking to Eduardo the other day, man. You're doing big things, man. Channel 249, 215, 251. Hey, they got a lot of things going on this uh, summer coming up for Spanish Sports World, man. They're doing big things. So shout out to Eduardo, man. You're working hard. I see you over there, man. So let's get this show on the road here, Jorge. I said my little intros here. Man, we missed about a week and a half here. Sorry, everybody. We weren't around. You know, uh, work kicked in. You know, we got lives outside the show here. So we got to pay some bills and things. Like that. But we're back, though, because we came back for a very, very big, hot weekend. Canelo. Alvarez fought for the third time already since we started this podcast, man. It seems like he's fighting every week now, man. I don't say every week, but clo- if, if, close enough. Close enough to basically say, hey, you know, hey, Canelo's fight coming up. Yeah, it's the mm-hmm. second one. Yeah, Canelo's fight coming up. Oh, number three. Yeah. And then Canelo will be fighting in September. So, yeah, we're right around the corner before you know it. Man, so uh, Canelo fought in, on the zone this Saturday night on Mother's Day weekend. Uh, he was fighting Billy Joe Saunders. We've been talking about this for the last several months, how Canelo has his schedule. I hate repeating it, but for some people checking out for the first time, we've talked about how he has his schedule, and he wants to be the first undisputed super middleweight champion in the world. Now, let me just add that we there has never been a three-belt undisputed super middleweight champion when I was, they was talking about that on the telecast. Mm-hmm. So the fact that in the super middleweight division, the most that anybody's ever had was two belts, you know, even in the three-belt era. So... Canelo is one belt away. You know, he had an eighth round knockout against Billy Joe Saunders. Me and you, we weren't together watching the fight, but we were texting each other and we were scoring the fight round by round. And we had some interesting scores, but let's just kick it off here. Canelo is the best fighter in boxing right now. Uh, Yeah. At this point, uh, for that, well, okay. Maybe for one main reason, he's fighting often. He's fighting often so far, like I said, three times in a very short period of time with two more fights still on the schedule. So you're going to get Canelo, what, five, six times within a calendar year? That's uh, that's impressive, and kudos to him for, for doing this at this point of his career where I think other fighters in the past that were reaching, I won't say reaching that stature or less than that stature, were already trying to fight twice a year. So to me, uh, there's no more credit I can give to that man for getting out in the ring and uh, putting on a show. Nothing wrong to say about that. You know what? Before we get into the details of this fight, Jorge, we were talking about this before we started to record here, that we got to give shout out to Canelo for fighting as much as he's fought recently, mm-hmm. like you just brought up here. Because if things fall into play, and we've mentioned this on several pods in the past, if things fall into play, he's going to fight five times in a calendar year from December to December. 
he could technically fight five times. Now, we had COVID in 2020, and he had a fight in December against Rocky Felton in that December of 2019. So technically, if everything goes straight, he could fight six times within a 23-month period, give or take, right? Guys are fighting once or twice a year. When you have the top guy in boxing who makes the most money and is fighting consistently, these guys need to freaking fight, Jorge. These guys are calling Canelo out. They want the big payday. You know, they like Billy Joe got a 2.5 million minimum comparing depending on what he might get on the back end for scriptions, things of that nature in the mm -hmm. UK, in the UK uh pay-per-view and overseas model that he may get. But these guys want this big time payday, but it doesn't mean nothing if you don't beat no one to get on Canelo's radar. If Canelo can fight five times, how come these guys can't fight five times where that Canelo's like, okay, we can make money together because I'm going to make money because I'm a name. If you establish your name, that means we can make more money. Why these guys won't do that, Jorge? That's you know something we talked about in like, the pre-meeting and stuff. It, it, for him to fight this many times in, in the era of guys wanting to emulate Floyd Mayweather and the model he did with his fights and stuff. So this is basically for all the young fighters out there. You, you need to look at Canelo and the way he's doing things. And, and what he's doing this year is, is not the standard for him. That's not get it twisted, guys. But but what he's doing this year in the last 23 months and stuff, six times, you know, especially this one calendar year, five times in one calendar year, when you're that young, you got no excuse. I don't mm -hmm. care who you're fighting, as long right. as you're fighting, right? As long as you're active. Mm -hmm. Right. If, if if every fight can't be a six million dollar, eight million dollar fight. But if you're fighting, you're at least doing one thing. You're promoting yourself in the ring mm -hmm. in and out. So to me, just get in the ring. Right. There's no reason why it takes six, seven months to get a fight with a mandatory, for example. That's you, Teofimo. I'm glad you got the bag, but I wish you had fought more before that. That goes for every other fighter out there. Stop trying to chase down money. Your money will be there. It's coming. Right. It will come. It will come. Believe me, you guys are going to be aiming for each other anyway, so it mm -hmm. will come. But the fact that you got older fighters making this much easier than you guys are, uh, you, you guys are looking at the wrong person. You guys need to look at Canelo, how he's doing it. Yeah, this is. we'll have a conversation about some other things in the boxing world that people think that could be hurting the game. I don't think it's hurting the game. It's like the exhibition fights that is actually putting more spotlight on there. But when you literally have the money man in the division, not in the division, in the boxing world, he's the highest paid athlete. There's there's him, then there's Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua. Then they're heavyweights. And that's, that's for a reason. After heavyweights, everybody else should not be making that money. Of course, Floyd Mayweather changed that model, being the, the smaller guys. Like, actually, actually, as far as like extravagant money, mm -hmm. you can look like, um, I would say, another small guy. Uh, who am I thinking of? Um, uh, King uh, uh, Ahmed. He, oh, Prince Ahmed, yeah. Prince Ahmed, I'm sorry, King. <laughs> no, he, yeah. He's a king now inside. You see how big he is now, yeah, but he's yeah. a king. Oh, but, I appreciate it from back then, yeah, but now it's always yeah. Prince Ahmed when we were doing He it. changed the money game from like small guys, and then Floyd took it to another level. But when it comes to the money in, in boxing, heavyweights always drive it. But when you got Canelo, who's start off at 147 and now is a super middleweight now, his minimum was 15 million. And I do not want to, I'm going to say this early so we can get to the fight here. I am so sick and tired of Demetrius Andre right now. Fight somebody. Fight, fight anybody. Fight anybody. Your highest ranked win is against someone ranked number nine, and you've been at 154 and 160. Um, you can say we can I'm not trying to be a Canelo fanboy, but let's just keep a spade a spade here. Let's keep it 100. If you are beating all champions or former champions and you're collecting belts, that means that you're fighting top five, top 10 competition. 
Facts. Yeah. Now, you can be mad at the title holders in the division, but the guys were ring champions or they held the WBO belt or they held the WBA belt. These are title holders and he's fighting champions. Don't get mad at the division that he's in because of his weight. Now, you want him to go 175? There's no names there at 175 that you're going to be clamoring for. We know as boxing heads that there's guys at 175 like Bevo and Better BF who can fight their butts off. But the average casual fan don't know who the heck they are. Mm-hmm. We only know about the, the the people they know, but these guys ain't fighting nobody. So I just wanted to say this here. Canelo could fight five times from December to December. If these guys want that check, go ahead and fight two or three times in the next year. And they know it, though. You'll be on Canelo's radar, and then it'll be a big fight. But don't sit here and only fight once in a year and a half. Take away COVID. If you only fight once or twice a year, don't complain when Canelo doesn't give you the time of day. You're trying to you're basically you're trying to bitch your way to be on his radar. And, Dang, and, oh, yeah. and, there and you go. And you can't. Yep. I'm not gonna let you. And I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna call you off for it. Don't bitch to be on his radar. Fight your way to get on his radar. Period. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a reason why that Triple G Canelo fight happened in the first place, right? I mean, to me, Trip. We talked about this a bunch of times. Triple G cleared out the bottom tier. Of the of that middleweight division to get to the point where he can get all those belts. Yep. So to me, Andrade, whoever whoever is bitching to get into Canelo's ear, Canelo's radar, you just need to keep fighting. If he's fighting five times a year, what the hell are you doing? Right. You don't you don't get credit for that one fight and think he's on his radar automatic. It, it don't work and that just way. Just because you're on the same broadcast network doesn't mean you're going to get the fight too. I mean, it makes it easier from a negotiating standpoint as far as money cut is concerned. But you don't bring nothing to the table. If I'm Canelo. Yes, I would rather do a third fight with Triple G because that's going to be more money. I am fighting Billy Joe Saunders this weekend because he has a WBO belt and you're still at middleweight and I cannot get down to 160. If I'm going to fight Caleb Plant in September for Mexican Independence weekend, he has an IBF belt and he's also undefeated as well. It's not like and there's so many people online and it, I'm, I understand how people hate certain top fighters it comes with the ball game right Jorge? Yep. you become the number one guy number two guy you know like during our younger days like say younger when we became good friends we followed floyd and manny and depending on what side you're on you know there was criticism on both sides oh, on no, that. oh before that before you minute, so you're talking about oscar you're talking about oh yeah i'm talking about us in general like when we first yeah, met each other oh yeah, floyd, but, yeah and the funny thing like if you bring up oscar's competition right oscar fought everybody he got trash because he lost to the top guys mm-hmm. it's like you can't win for losing like i'm not an oscar fan i just want to put that out there i'm not an oscar de la Hoya fan but one thing you cannot take away from oscar de la Hoya is he fought everybody and even when he what people told me he shouldn't take that fight he took those fights he lost those fights and he came back and still kept fighting so at the end of the day you only thing you can be mad at oscar is he's oscar it, well, 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 Oscar now. Oscar, Oscar, the, Oscar yeah. now, the promoter of the business, man. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's a different well, subject. No, no. For a different I can understand you can hate Oscar as a person, knowing how he is, right? Take away his demons, right? You can hate him as a person. But as a fighter, I don't have any qualms with him because he fought everybody. Even though he lost, he didn't make excuses for those losses, except for the Trinidad fight. He, you know what's funny? It, you watch. <laughs> you know what? I'll leave that for another Oscar yeah, yeah, conversation yeah, yeah, because yeah, 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 you yeah. know what? I can go pretty hard on. I know on the on the post interview and the walk down the ring, yeah. bitching and whining along the way about the boxing lesson he was yeah. t- teaching or whatever. Like to me, you telegraphed that mm-hmm. in your head already before the during the fight. You already were planning your your post argument. You know your yeah. post fight. Uh, sent you know um, uh, you know sentences, statements, and shit. And then mm-hmm. oh, he lost. Uh. I can still say it, but I can sound like a whiny bitch mm. about it. So I was going to talk about this at the end, but I just want to get this out the way, you know, about Canelo and who he's fighting and guys, you no know, complaining. 
fight, beat notable guys. Maybe, and then I'm not trying to count pockets, but sometimes you may got to take a little bit less money to get certain fights to get the big fights. Canelo's guarantee was only 15 million. I say only mm. 15 million when before he got screwed out of his major deal with probably 365 million. 15 million for 15 million for this fight compared to an 11 fight deal worth 365 million is a far cry. But I know he's gonna get more in the back end. He might get close to 20 plus million. He'll get more through his promotion. Yeah, on the, but the fact that his guarantee was only 15, you know, so in a sense, he's taking less money too. The top guy making gangs of money, he could literally be like Floyd, like, nah, I want my 50. Oh, we can keep it, or 40 and keep it moving. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But no, he's taking less money. He's going to make something back. But if he's taking less money being the top guy, you guys can take less money and get these fights in so that he's on the radar. That way, when you do get the fight with Canelo, you're going to get more than the 2.5 million and you're going to make even more money. And you can be like, uh, who's the guy we talked about that fought Floyd? Uh, we love here. Uh, he fought him twice in 2014. Uh, my Donna, he fought, he earned that Floyd fight. He only, you're, you're in the second fight. You're, you're in the he, fight in the first place to get it. He earned the first fight, and then he earned the rematch. He, earned, he definitely earned the rematch. Because no one was worthy of fighting Floyd for a rematch in September, and you know what? We ain't seen Madonna in seven years, and he's fat, living high in the hog in Argentina. That's what you need to do. Pull up Marcos Madonna. Beat a whole bunch of guys for five, for, no, for two years, and get the fight, and cash out, baby. Exactly. I'm done on that. I just had to say, that's my PSA. Fight people, and then the top money guy will fight you. Right, and you know what's funny, guys? I mean, we weren't trying to go down this path. But no, you know what? Andrade got us going. Down Andrade this path. did it. Andrade did it. And you know what, though? He's a good fighter. I'm not gonna take away anything away from a fighter who can get into the ring and as box well as he was is and is also an Olympian. He's a good fighter, but you have not earned the Canelo fight. I'm saying that right now. Nope. You can earn the Canelo fight, though. You know what, though? He can earn the fight by Cinco de Mile next year easily. You can have. I mean, that's a long time. I can say, but. This time next year, you could be on that stage, beat a few guys. Between now and next May, win two fights. And know what, though? You could be there. All right. Let's get to the fight here, man. I just had to do that. <laughs> I had to do that, Jorge, because uh, I was going to talk about that at the end, but it's like, these guys just got to fight guys, you know? So let's get to the fight. You know, it's funny. In our pre-meeting, it, it never came up. We, we brought it up maybe for like maybe a minute. After, mm -hmm. And we we're talking about everything else. Like, but I, I think for one second, we're going to hit this record button, get this show started, and bam, Andrade, you set him off. Yeah, and it was man. bubbling in his mind, and he said, "Fuck you, Andrade." Oh, Come God, hard. I can't, can't. Oh my God. I, I earn it. Earn it. I understand. Like if you can get the fight by earning it, that's dope. But at this point now, Canelo ain't checking for you. Yeah. He cursed you out and your daddy. He kicked you and your daddy out the press conference. He has no respect for you. you know what that means you ain't that even earned. That's not gonna earn you the fight. All right. So win two fights, and then you and your daddy can come back and beat him down if you try to. All right. There we go. That's where it goes. Let's get to the fight here now. Let's know? get to the fight. Yes. You know, so whoops, I gotta do this. There you go. Forgot that's my bell. There's so Canelo, woo, got the knockout. Got the knockout. He eighth round stoppage. Billy Joe was stuck on the stool. Now we scored a little bit differently. I had it going into the eighth round, four rounds to three. Uh for Canelo. So that makes it 77, 75. Mm -hmm. And what was, do you remember your score? I had it three. No, hold on. I'm looking back right back at my notes. So I think I had it by four by two, five. I had it the other way around. And and, and all of that, because you know, you can't be honest. I had for whatever reason, and, and Carl Frost made the same mistake as well, but I think it's understandable. 
<laughs> to basically think that you can still score a, a 10 10 round right an even round right there's a 10 point must system so i had the first round even similar to what carl, carl frotch had it but mm -hmm. you put me to it you said if you had to give somebody 10 9 I, I i still gave it to to billy joe i still think they were still kind of feeling themselves out in that first round it didn't really like settle in until maybe the tail end of that first round going to the second and third round where i i gave it all to canelo but after that third round i say probably halfway around the fourth I still gave it to Billy Joe. It was close enough for me to give it to him. But after that, it was quiet in that arena. I mean, yeah. it, it was basically getting to the point where it was it was interesting. It was competitive. Billy Joe was implementing his game plan. He was basically finding a his pace of the fight. So I gave a lot of those later rounds before the eighth round to to Billy Joe. So uh, I'd say if if I had to relook at it, and I haven't relooked at it again. I wanted, I wanted to basically do this recording just going off my first view of the fight and stuff. Mm -hmm. If I had to go rewatch it, I can, we, you know, I know you made some arguments on our pre-meeting and stuff that you gave the first round to Canelo. I can probably concede that as well. So at the very least, I probably walk, probably are having this conversation with you saying it's three, four, but I have it for Billy Joe. You had a four, three, I think for Canelo at that point. Yeah. Um, the judges scores actually had it the way I scored it. One judge actually scored the same rate. One judge had it the way you had it. 77, 75. One judge actually gave one more round to Canelo than when I had four, three, and the other two gave, it was five, two for Canelo. Yeah, which I, which I thought. Like I said to me, Billy Joe at the least by that point had three rounds, right? I I, I was in agreement more or less with I wasn't more in agreement with your score than you know, and I can see I and I can just said I'd be making a hard case for my score, but I liked your score as well. It's probably the closest I can say to something palatable that I'd be like, okay, I don't have a problem with that. My score is a little bit. I think I had one round off from the other judges, and I think like the fifth round was different. The way I scored it was I felt that five, six, and seven was Billy Joe. I felt that. That and was, I was with you on that. I felt that those are the rounds that he actually outboxed Canelo. Um, he he threw more. He landed more, even though it was very, very economical landing punches uh, for this fight here. I think uh, Canelo landed 80-some punches to Billy Joe's 60. He had landed exactly 60 for eight excuse me, for eight rounds. So Billy Joe was not landing much. He was, it, you know. it, it, and, and there was Canelo. This is one of those fights where we, I mean, it's funny. When usually when you watch two fighters that are counter punchers, that those tend to be slightly boring fights because you're looking for one to, to initiate the the counter punching action, right? Mm -hmm. And in this case, both fighters fought within the pocket enough, and you're basically looking at uh, foot feints, lateral feints from Canelo versus mm -hmm. the the draw encounter from uh, from, B, uh, from Billy Joe from like rounds three going on, where he really started like trying to implement that plan and stuff. But round three, he didn't do that well on it. Round four, he started working a little bit more. Five, six, and seven. He was forcing Canelo to basically hold that gun right back in his holster. Never really pulled it out and stuff. So, based on just that, the, the pace of the action and stuff, Billy Joe defensively. I mean, he, I mean, you're good economically throwing punches, but economically making Canelo not throw anything. And so, mm -hmm. you had a couple rounds there where I, I, don't, I don't care what anybody says. If you can be the most diehard Mexican in that crowd, you had to be worried a little bit because to me, that to me, any type. A fight that's that competitive against Canelo, you're 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 like, hey, something's going on here. It doesn't feel right. And, and if the rest of the crowd's feeling it the way you're feeling it, you have to share that same sentiment, right? Mm -hmm. So to me, I feel like that knockout in the eighth round was almost like a sigh of relief to some degree. <laughs> I agree with that to a degree here. Um, those middle rounds going into the second half of the fight, let's just say it here in Arlington and Jerry World, it broke a, a boxing record. It was seventy three thousand and. Like I said, I was talking about how I have my setup and I have my surround sound so I can hear the punches. And even before you said this, before coming over here, 
I was like, man, it's quiet in Jerry World there. You're like, and, and I don't know if you've done the same thing too. Like you're watching the fight, but then you try to look into the audience, like you look in the back, and you when you see those certain oh, views, nobody, nobody's raising their yeah. hands. If Canelo threw a punch, even if it missed, usually you get some reaction. But it's you know, it was like you know, in the first, second, second and third round where the Canelo was winning, you know, was was doing his thing and stuff. He throw three punches, maybe he missed two, but you still got a crowd going, whoa. Mm-hmm. No, none of that. I mean, you had you told <laughs> it was like he was trying to pot, you know. Basically, Billy Joe was only giving him pot shot range to do something with those punches, and <laughs> it was quiet. Yeah. Uh, so to me, to, to me, that was uh, you know, basically controlling the pace. I mean, he, he, it was basically his fight, fighting BJ's fight the way he wanted it for a good three and a half rounds. I was like, this is interesting. Well, for those three rounds, like I say, that that pace, but the fight was Canelo's pace because one thing about Canelo is that he arguably has the best defense in boxing right now. Like I was saying, we were, you know, earlier how he's mimicked Floyd Mayweather's career to a degree, as far as his style, as far as like defense, there's certain things that he's taken from that loss from Floyd. You can see it's very evident, right? And one of the things of Floyd's game plan is that whatever you do, I'm going to and play a game plan where that you don't throw as many punches as you normally would. So in those first three or four rounds, Remember, I was texting. I said, "Billy Joe's not is not is not jabbing." Yeah, he wasn't jabbing. He wasn't I jabbing. Agree. He was in, not not just jabbing. He wasn't throwing in general because you you look at someone like Billy Joe, who's a southpaw, and everything comes from that southpaw stance, right? And the fact that you're seeing him, I was like, "Okay, he's not throwing." This is Canelo's fight. This is a Floyd fight. When that I only need to throw twenty or thirty punches around. because I know that you're not throwing. So when you have those moments and pockets of no one throwing or Canelo, we saw he was the stalker, you know, in the beginning. He was the one you saw in that first round, they were trying to go, but then eventually Canelo was in those first three rounds, he yep. was the one stalking until Billy Joe was able to get the boxing going, right? But it was Canelo doing the stalking. So I had text you of that, okay, Canelo setting traps here. And what I was talking about is the jab to the double jab that led to the body. And then what was that the body shots were doing was bringing his guard down so that he couldn't throw his jab. And then, of course, certain body shots was taking away the power shot. The main thing, though, is that the jab leads to everything, especially for a guy like Billy Joe. He pops shots, but it's the jab. He's not a power puncher. So I was looking at this. He's not jabbing. He's not throwing as much. This is Canelo's fight. And one thing that I'm not saying this, you know, it was purposely, but he wanted him to come down lower. Billy Joe is 5'11", almost six foot. He was crouch. He crouched down normally, anyways, a fighter. So he's bringing his level down to Canelo's height. When Canelo's going to the body, it doesn't matter who you are. It couldn't. It, it doesn't have to be Canelo. Let's say a Billy Joe Saunders was doing the same game plan. Mm. You're gonna crunch lower to protect your body, depending on the angle of this. So if you already got a guy who doesn't fight tall, and then you make him even t- even shorter, you brought him down to Canelo's height, and now you brought him down to even shorter than Canelo's height. So now you took away your height advantage. He only had a half-inch reach advantage. So at the end of the day, then, all the pros were Canelo's right now as far as physical dimensions. So when I saw that, I'm like, okay, that's one part of the game plan. Take away his physical strengths and abilities. Then you go to the body, and Canelo's the best body puncher in the game right now. That's We know that. Whenever you fight Canelo, you should know first thing. Do 3,000 crunches of sit-ups in the morning alone because you're getting banged to the body, right? That's going to happen, Jorge. You're going to get hit in the body. And he focused on the body. But one thing we did mention, too, is that he was throwing that uppercut because the fact that he got lower, he wanted to throw it because it's at a better angle that it get more power to his uppercut. And that uppercut in the eighth round to that eye, 
Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this question. I don't know if you said you only watched it once. Did you see how fast that eye became black and closed up after he landed it? It's funny is that I, I it, so that so that uppercut basically I, I saw it in when you saw it in real time. You're seeing it on the you're, you're only getting his left side, right? But you but I saw where that uppercut was coming from, and I said, okay, that's an awkward angle, and that hit. Mm-hmm. And I and then as soon as you see him move around, right? Then when you when you see actually get to see the immediate face, reaction, then you can kind of see he's squinting. So you can you can already tell that the cut was there. I saw the cut right away. I said, okay, he's he's definitely not the same right there. And I it's, it's just that punch came at the right angle at the right time. His uppercuts leading up to that point were more straight down the middle uppercuts, more of the shorter uppercut variety. This wasn't nowhere near that. Hold extension. Let me, let me cut you up. Not all of them like that, because remember I mentioned to you that uppercut in the fourth round, that was another angle that he came and that mouthpiece, it, yep. it popped out and he they were the key. He was biting that hard enough that if he wasn't biting down, that mouthpiece would have been fine, like 15 feet. No, 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 you no, can no, see. So I'm saying like those uppercuts that he was literally throwing sideways, I was watching. He literally would turn and was coming from a different angle. Like yeah, I saw the way straight ahead. I, there was a lot of uppercuts it, that he was throwing, that he was sized up and was throwing it from there. Or he could have been the way Billy Joel was way he moves around in that angle and that's when he threw it like that was purpose you can see how many times he threw that angle uppercut that it was practice if you're going to be here and i'm an awkward angle i'm throwing it if you're low basically what i mean so let's look let me rephrase this and i say i'm saying okay. not, not just straight uppercut the way you typically would normally see a straight uppercut, which is more like a down up motion it's basically more like a hook uppercut basically he's basically taking it wide but angling it as an uppercut on the way up basically so and the thing is with those type of hook uppercuts as we, we talked about before like we said with uh with my donna and broner mm-hmm my daughter knocked on Broner because he basically threw an uppercut hook that came at an angle. He thought it was going for the body and hit him in the head. This would be no different in this case where you throw an uppercut at a certain angle, hoping that, you know, you think he's going to go one way and it's actually going somewhere else and stuff. Mm-hmm. So th- those you saw a variety of angles where he threw that uppercut. The last one was the most noticeable one because to me that was low and met Billy Joe's face on his way down. So to me that was like the most – awkward uppercut but it came with so much strength and power and torque yeah. that it, it was probably it was the heaviest punch out obviously of the whole fight but you're right about that uppercut in the fourth round comes from a different angle he's thinking it's probably going to its body hits him in the face mouth mouthpiece comes off almost comes out of his mouth so he's holding on for life in that fourth round but i would say for the for the most part the the fight was with canelo the first three rounds was it's an interesting fight if you're watching footwork because any type of fight you get with a, an orthodox fighter against a southpaw, it's a fight basically for the outside positioning on. So from a right, from an orthodox fighter's pr- perspective, his left foot, you're basically fighting for your left foot to be outside of his his foot, mm-hmm. his right foot. So that way your punches come in. So to me, when those punches were working in the third, sec, first, second, third round, it was basically because he was winning the positional battle at that point. And again, good combination of foot feints, lateral feints. That basically, you know, as he's stalking too, let's not forget he's as he's stalking, he is basically mm-hmm. using his feet to basically try to find an advantage to basically get inside and throw those body punches, yeah. those jabs, those double jabs, and he did a good job. Billy Joe, the best thing he did was counter. He fought his fight. He basically countered with countered his feints with draws, and to me that made the fight more compelling because at the very least now you saw Canelo saying, "Okay, now I have to adjust to this guy, and how long will it take me?" Three rounds again. For people who are there ringside, that's scary, folks. That was scary. So to me, 
He's given, at the very least, something along the lines of like uh, Arizona Lara, uh, Floyd, in terms of giving up information as to how you would then attack Canelo. Mm-hmm. Whether that applies to, say, his next fight with Caleb Plant, I don't know. Or any future fight with any other fighter we might be wanting to talk about. But to me, I, you know, it's it was a great fight. I loved it. I enjoyed it. It was very compelling. It was an interesting it fight. Was a, it was a lot of stuff you can actually point to from the first round all the way to the end. I mean, mm-hmm. it was a lot. I mean, to me, from a, a boxing nerd, mm-hmm. there was a lot of sweet science to that it match. Was. And it, it, to me, that it was, was... It was high skill level. High skill. It, to me, Billy Joe, you know, I mean, you know, the, the, he basically he got full multiple fractures. His career the, might be over His career might be over. That's I want, crazy. I wanted to give a sh- quick shout out to a man that I saw on YouTube. He's got all close to five half a million subscribers. So I would say if you get a chance, do subscribe to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name is, I believe, Brian. Uh, what was this? Let me, let me pull this up real quick here. Because why are you pulling that up here? I just want to state that um, I watched the fight again. And um, if you do a close up when Canelo lands that hook, that uppercut, <laughs> the ear. Um, like I said, the eye immediately closes. I have I have seen shots where that you get swelling right away. I have never seen an eye complete turn completely black. Like you get a black eye, it was black and it shut within like ten to fifteen seconds. Like and then I was one. You know when you saw the round and Canelo was waving to people, like he, you know, I, I, we knew he was hurt. You know, and he even said, "I thought I broke his cheekbone." I, I think that's why he's going based off. Of yeah. That. I think once he felt he broke his cheekbone, he said that he nah, was in retreat nah. mode. As soon as that punch happened. Everything that we that you were praising Billy Joe for, he went to retreat mode, and that was it. And, and, and to base it, so so I wanted to give a shout out to Brian Suter MB, okay. right? Four hundred fifty thousand subscribers. Do subscribe when you get a chance. He's a sports doctor, but he mm-hmm. gave probably the best analysis on break on the breakdown of that injury and stuff. So, so to Canelo's point where he felt like he broke his cheek, the doctor describes it, and I'm paraphrasing here, where if you hit the cheekbone. You essentially are pushing that bone technically towards the eye socket, mm. and for him to have multiple fractures around that eye socket, it, it, it's 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 very painful based on his description. There was also something mentioned mm-hmm. in the broadcast uh, where it was possible he had a cornea tear. Right, that's the way to look at it. And the way he described the cornea tear is is once that cornea tears, your eye, by its own natural defenses, wants to close. You are not going to be able to open that eye. Nope. So whether it was a combination of the cheek fracture with the orbital bone fractures, the multiple fractures, or maybe along the way with the cornea scratch, you don't want to open your eye. And you can nah. see it right there. He was not wanting to open his eye at all from what they were saying on the uh, when he was on the, 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 the stool. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to open his eye. He couldn't open his eye if he tried. And as he was trying to open his eye, it, it swelled to more. You went from watching the eye being somewhat open to not being open at all by the time the, uh, you know, basically quit. Mm-hmm. And, and his corner stopped the fight. He and that was the right thing to do. Yeah, his, he didn't stop the fight. His corner stopped the fight. But I just want to add that karma is a mofo. Yeah. Karma is a mofo because boxing is the hurt business. What, everything that you said, Jorge, and from your opinion, could, could be spot on as far as how Billy Joe boxed and how he took control of the fight. The crowd was silent in a, in a, in a record capacity mm-hmm. events and all it takes in boxing is one punch for karma for one punch because reason why i say karma because billy joe 
was complaining about other fighters who I forgot the fighter's name who actually had the quitness duel because the ball, he, I think it was his last thing. Yeah, yeah. He had an orbital uh, bone uh, fracture from a punch as well. And Billy Joe, he, he, let me just be honest here. I am not, I never, I'm not a personal fan of him as a human being. I respect him as a fighter, but overall as a person, he's a, he's a disgusting person. I was going to say that out. I mean, boxers, you know, there's boxers and then there's, there's Billy Joe. There's a lot of guys. I mean, he's not the worst, but he's, he's, he's up there. Right. And one of the, I'm not talking about this particular situation but one of the things he said about another fighter was that i will go out on my shit i'll never quit blah 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 you know like i don't care i'm i'm gonna go through it and when it happens to you i know that you didn't you didn't say you quit but you didn't stop you didn't yell at your corner when they stopped it like one thing that fighters know when they feel even though they're losing the fight if they feel it can go on they're gonna complain if their corner stopped the fight case in point in mind Diego Carales, when he was getting molly whopped in 2002 against Floyd Mayweather, Mayweather dropped him five times in that fight. And his stepdaddy threw in the towel saying, nah, nah, you need to fight another day. You know what Diego did? He almost knocked his stepdad out. You know, I mean, I'm not condoning that kind of violence. I'm just saying that when you're in that heat in the moment, and even though you're losing, fighters want to keep fighting. I'm not taking anything away from Billy Joe Sanders, but I'm saying karma is a mofo. Don't talk about other fighters saying they quit. Then the same thing happens to you. And then on top of that, he didn't even interview. He ran out the ring and they left. I have seen people, we've seen people who had worse injuries, at least talk for a few minutes before they go to the hospital. His eye was broken, of course, you know, whatever, his face is broken, but he ran out the ring. He didn't even say hi. He didn't say, oh, I'm, you know, he didn't, his corner didn't say, you know, the injury so bad, we need to go to the hospital. He just left. So, so based on the, the, the sports doctor, when you, when you catch that video guys, uh, mm -hmm. well, I will have it mentioned in the description of the, uh, of the short that comes out and on the uh, full episode when it's released this week. But I would say, watch that video. And based on his, his point of view, for him to run spacey to the ambulance, so I, I know Hearn had mentioned today he was getting surgery. He was getting surgery on that. He actually has surgery Saturday night and Sunday. Saturday and the Sunday. There you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and so, recording so, this on a Monday. So he's already out of surgery. He's had multiple surgeries, actually. So basically to have that surgery done the second he got over there, I, I think it kind of points to what the doctor had mentioned, that there was a multiple fracture, a cheek, a cheek fracture, mm -hmm. but probably serious enough where bone probably got close but enough still, to the eye He didn't talk to nobody. I don't know. And he didn't go to the hospital right that exact moment. They ran out the ring. It wasn't like I got to go because I'm in pain. He I've we've seen this before. He ran out the ring because he lost. He was in pain, but he didn't talk to nobody. And I would say this is Billy Joe's M.O. This is not something he, brand new. He, he, he was sure, hurt. I give uh, him that he's hurt, but this is his M.O. I think for the part, this is the part where I won't give him that much harsh criticism. Now, here's why. Post-conference, I mean, if he's not talking, I get that. But the very least, he shook hands with Canelo. He was at the ringside. It was, and then at that point, he was on his stool. At the end of the day, if you're dealing with any possible multiple fractures along the way with a possible cornea scratch, whatever it is that's got him closing his eye more than wanting to open his eye, and not because he's choosing to close his eye because his eye is saying "fuck you," you're gonna close your eye. Then basically, I, look at the end of the day, am I am I gonna be pissed that someone's not talking at post conference? No. At the very least, he said this. Good job, Canelo. Great nah, fight. No, no, not doing that. Know why? If you, if, no, why? No, I'm not. Nope, not giving nah, that. No, no, why? No, why? Anybody who is known to talk trash and has been and who's been accused of domestic violence, you have been known steroid cheat, and you're known to talk about other boxers on ish that happened to you. No, 
Don't care. I'm not giving no benefit of doubt. And especially on the woman front. I'm saying he's a human. I'm not even going to go into detail on it. Just look up Billy Joe Signs and what happened about a year or two ago on social media. Okay. I don't want to put that on here right now because there's other bad news in boxing that we probably won't or we'll, we'll talk about in the future. But he is a disgusting person. And that's a lot for me to say. And there's, and there's been worse boxers. I'm saying that he is a horrible it, it, person. And I'm saying that you do not get a pass when I know for a fact, and everybody knows for a fact, that you're a disgusting human being. For that, no, I don't disagree with there. Disgusting human being, agreed. For that part, I'm not... So you don't agree. get a... Knowing that, you don't get the benefit of the doubt. Now, if it was Canelo, or even like, I would give Floyd the benefit of the doubt over Billy Joe to a degree. No, no, I take that back. No, 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 no. No, Manny would get the benefit of the doubt. Uh, Andre Ward get the benefit of the doubt. Canelo get the benefit. I was going down the line. Billy Joe, no. You got too much baggage for me to say, you know, now you get, no, you don't. There's too much stuff for me to say, nah, you that hurt. No, I don't care if you get hurt that. We have seen worse injuries and a guy's like, yo, my, my eye's broken. I'm going to the hospital right now, but I want to send a shout out to the zone, but I want to send a shout out to HBO. I, we have seen guys who have had broken ribs give press conference. We have seen guys who have went through worse. And so knowing that his history, I'm sorry. I just won't do it. I, I just can't. I'm sorry. You, unless you do not have baggage. I'm like, you know, he's in pain. That have not nah, when you've done dirty stuff, mm -mm, can't do it. Uh, that's I know, I know, I went on my high horse here, but you know what? Though when, when you're into discussing human being, you get no class. I think, I think outside of the part, the domestic abuse that we're talking about, and I, these I, are all boxing related too. Everything that I'm talking about is some like the domestic violence is is as outside the ring. Everything else is boxing related too. If you look up his his bio, so I'm just saying you get I, no I, love. I know, and, and I'd say boxing within within the boxing world, shit that he said, I would probably not go that high, not that high yet. I would say. There's probably if we had to dig around, I'm sure we're gonna find a lot worse. I know I, that, I, but, I, I, but I'm saying when you put yourself on front street, Jorge, when you openly talk on other people, and yeah. then you have you have your own garbage too, then when something happens, I'm not gonna say you know what you get the benefit of doubt. Nah, I, we human beings, you a grown ass man, you don't get the benefit of doubt. Nah, you need to take this L. Like when we talked about Canelo with the with the with the tainted meat, we still joke about it. You messed nah, up. I, I agree. You and I'm saying if you mess up, you take it. He's taking it. There's, I I don't disagree with not giving it to him. Believe me, I don't I don't disagree with not giving him his just desserts for the shit that he said. I don't disagree with that part. I don't. I'm just so, at the end of the day, he took a he took a beating. He, he took and, a beating. His career could be over now. Could be over. Exactly. And no, and 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 I say it's karma because if his career is over, I I hate to do this. I'm, I'm gonna end on here. If if there's anything involved with steroids and boxing or domestic violence, I don't want you fighting anymore. I don't care. You know, depending on the situation, and there's levels to it. But Billy Joe's situation with the steroids, I'm not saying he should be out of boxing completely. He should have had a suspension. He didn't have a true suspension. You know what I'm saying? So there's so many things involved that I'm not trying to be on a moral thing here, but he did not get suspended for steroids. That did not happen. He took some time off where he wouldn't be fighting anyway. But that's me. We, I think that I would love to do a show on steroid cheats in the game, basically, and people who do not get who do not get caught or something like that. You know, it's it's so much. But I just had to say that though because well, well, he got the fight, he lost, he got paid. Now he may not fight again. And like Eddie Hearn said, he might be out for like five or six months for recovery minimum before we can even think about boxing. So that now we know that Billy Joe Saunders is in the rearview mirror. The next fight, Mexican Independence Weekend, because Canelo didn't get hurt. He looked like he barely had a scratch on him. You know, he probably took no, a few. He got, no, he got touched. I mean, he, he, got, he, got, he got hit, but I'm saying like he, 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 was, got, he, he wasn't puffy. 
He, you didn't see him swelling. Like you can tell he been in he, he been in a fight, but he wasn't in a real and, fight. And that's what I'm going. He, he he got into a fight. Let's just yeah. leave it at we'll leave it at that. He got into a fight. He got so, he got hit enough. So we're gonna we're, we're, we are going to see. I'm not going to go into the details we talked about earlier. We're we're more than likely. I say 95 to 100 percent going to see Caleb Plant. Okay, that's going to happen. Now Canelo has the WBO belt, the WBC belt, the WBA belt, and the Ring Magazine belt. So we, like I mentioned in the top of the show, that he is gunning for the undisputed title. And I think that fight will happen now. Like I said, it's going to be a bidding war between the zone and Fox. Uh, we'll talk about that next. I don't want to go into that right now, that part here. But we've, and we've talked about Caleb Plant a lot. So I want to keep it moving on that. So Canelo, congratulations. Once again, another big win. So let's keep it moving here. I'm going to hit the bell again here. Sure. This kind of kind of goes hand in hand because Canelo's only loss was to Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather is back again. We mentioned in February he was supposed to be fighting Jake Paul. Yep. No, Logan Paul. I'm sorry. Jake just fought. I can't keep getting them mixed up. And out of nowhere, Sunday, the day after Tiafimo Lopez fight, they're going to do this exhibition. Then <laughs> Showtime CBS involved because the first time in February the fight was supposed to happen, this was going to be some off-brand Floyd doing his own thing. Mm-hmm. And then now June 6th, Sunday in Miami, I believe, or I, I can't, uh, well, they did the press conference in Miami. I don't know if it's going to be in Miami. It's not going to be in Miami because I, well, I think Floyd, knowing Floyd's home field advantage, he might try to do it in Vegas. He loves Vegas, especially if it's going to be in the States. That's that's hometown for him. We don't know yet. It's still being worked out, but uh, what, actually, if you think about it, if I can still have it in Miami because nothing gets to the next point. Well, he does have homes in Miami. Yeah, we can get into that. Yeah, but now we can cover the reason why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gonna get, <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into this here. So June 6th, Floyd against Logan Paul. We know this is happening because Jake Paul fought last month, his brother, and they did 1.4 million pay-per-view buys, and they want to capitalize on this, and Floyd is huge, and Logan's a bigger, has a bigger influence. But because this happened, Jorge, mm-hmm. I've talked about this in the show before. Yep. It may not be this particular person in Floyd Mayweather that pulled this, but once again, I'm gonna go. I want people to go back uh, to say Teofimo Lopez get the bag, mm-hmm. and he got this big extreme amount from Triller. He tried to go June 5th. I made a debate that the fight would not happen because Manny Pacquiao and Terence Crawford was supposed to happen that day when that came out of left field, mm-hmm. and I said that they were gonna have to move that date, and we got killed. By the new, like I be in the new show, and all the people's like, "Yo, you don't know what y'all talking about." Yeah, yeah, was that yeah, hard, yeah, got mad at us yeah Bob Arum, you need to get off Bob Arum's tit. You know what I'm saying? I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm like, now we were, we were literally. I brought the point to you. We were explaining boxing business that Tia is a good young fighter, but he can't compete against Manny in the same day. Now the Manny Crawford didn't happen, but what happened when that fell through? Floyd's like, you know what? Let me go ahead and fight on Sunday. Yeah, no, the wrong, wrong uh, let's see, say, right premise, wrong fighter. Yeah, so Floyd said, I'm going to fight on Sunday, right? And you know what happened as soon as that fight got announced? Tia Fima Lopez and Triller basically moved off June 5th. Yep, they're fighting now June 19th, so. I yeah. am not trying to say, Tia Fimo, I was right. I am not trying to tell if you actually watch a Tia Fimo, Tia Fima Lopez fans. I am not trying to be a <laughs> Tia Fima Lopez hater. I'm 41 years old. I've been watching boxing since 1980, since I was born. Okay, I remember worldwide of sports. Okay, I kind of understand the the fight game as far as business concerned. As great of a fighter we've seen, Tiafimo Lopez at twenty three years old, he is not an A side pay per view fighter yet. Yet, yet. Let me say that I don't want people to hate on me. He's not there yet. 
but he cannot compete right now at his young age against more accomplished, higher profile, higher caliber fighters as far as trying to make and sell a fight. Well, high caliber pay-per-view talent, right? AA-rated pay-per-view boxing talent, whether Mm -hmm. you're retired or not. He does not have that. He's an A-rated television. If you put him on the wide world of sports, he's A-rated. Oh, uh, ESPN primetime on a Saturday night, you know, leading from college football? Oh, you're getting four or five million people watching TV Lopez, but Pay-per-view. $49.95 against a mandatory defense, not against a Lemachenko rematch, not against Ryan Garcia, not against Tank Davis. We're fighting. He's fighting against a guy that is a mandatory, and you're putting this on pay-per-view. And I was clearly stating that if Manny went on the same day, he was not going to fight. Now, of course, it was Manny's bigger counterpart in life in Floyd Mayweather mm-hmm. that pushed him off the date. And so I just want people to understand that at the end of the day, as much as boxing is a sport, it's a business first. It's all about what makes dollars make sense. Mm -hmm. And when Floyd came in on Sunday with Logan Paul and getting his hat knocked off and Man, Floyd, how did Floyd grow that hair out too? You've seen Floyd. That hair? is, I'll be honest, it's got me I laughing. I didn't mean to side by, it's got me laughing. It's I, got me laughing a little I, bit. It's awkward to look at. It don't look right, man. And then then yesterday I saw the shabby beard because he grew that out too. And he 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 looked like a dude I see on the south side up on uh, on 42nd and King Rice to stay at my stomping ground. I'll be there. I'll be honest. It's one of those <laughs> things that I think if I saw him, I, I'm I'm I have no choice. I'm gonna try to grab it, pull it off his head. I, I thought it was like I'm saying it doesn't look a toupee. I'm just saying. You get used to seeing a, per- a certain person wear no hair for a long time. You and we watch him shave it, bick it, kept it low. You can't help but want to get your hands and then just say, bullshit. And just just, just, just Wait, dare him on a deer. I'm going to go back to, I, I don't remember the last time. Flo- I think Flo had a hair at least in the Olympics. I don't even remember that. Because we, li- we were just literally talking a few minutes ago. I said about the Diego Corrales fight when he was fighting about the fight being stopped. And I remember Floyd was bald in that fight. Too, yes, and, he was. and that was 2002. So we're talking that was 19 years ago, yep. that fight. Right. So if we go back to the Olympics in 96, I remember Floyd, oh, Floyd did have he had a look. He had a little bit of fade. He had a little part. I take that back. The last time we saw him had hair hair was like the olympics in like the first it was like a, it was like a five o'clock shadow on yeah the yeah he he was rocking that one he he barely had a Caesar. not even a one like if, a half if you go to if you go to the barbershop he didn't really have a caesar you know what i'm saying no so that, he, that, that, yeah. that's not, it's not exactly a zero but let's just say maybe a quarter but he's not, he's not I, even a half it was still low enough I, I didn't mean to go off like that but to see floyd with with just the you know what's funny i was waiting for this conversation to come up really because it's funny <laughs> i've seen it for about three weeks now i'm like when the hell are we talking about this here i'll let dave, I'll, I'll wait for dave when dave catches up then we'll talk about it that just came up. I, I just happened this and i'm like it, it don't look right i mean because we've seen floyd for over two plus decades straight bald head magoo and then now all of a sudden here <laughs> now all of a sudden here you know you're rocking the natural here and everything like that as I, i'm not trying to get on your floor it, it, it you're you're a few years older than me we're in the same age bracket but I, I'm just not. I'm used to the ball, bruh. I'm used to the ball, bruh. I'm sorry I had to go off like that, but it, it, fans, if you like Floyd's hair, let us know. And if you don't, if you think Floyd should be bald, let us know too. Light him up. Yeah, you know, does he need to go back to his barber and say, "Hey, man, just shave it down. Just keep it bald. Keep it big, baby." I know it's a little bit more maintenance because you got to keep it because you know you get that five o'clock shadow. But he's Floyd. He's made. He's made a billion in his career. He can have his barber ready to go in five minutes. So the barber's in his closet. He's living there. Basically, I bet his barber's probably you know, got his bag and he's probably got a house next door or something. He probably lives in the guest house or something like that. Like, like hey, man, I need to cut at 413. 
Yeah, what's it's, his name? It's four eleven now. He comes upstairs. <laughs> what was the butler's name in Fresh Prince? I Jeffrey. Jeffrey. You got a little Jeffrey hanging around there. And the Royals cheers are here, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but um, <laughs> let me get back on track here. So he, no, uh, Jake Paul has actually been banned from the fight from mm-hmm. the corner because. He pulled the scuffle. WWE I, style scuffle yeah, there. We got to catch it hat. on YouTube. Watch it. It's yeah. He took eh. his hat, and then when it's all said and done, um, Logan Paul's pants was shredded. Like it reminded me of the Lennox Lewis Mike Tyson scuffle when the the, where the clothes were uh were ripped and stuff. That like was a that. more legitimate scuffle than I this know. I, I'm I'm just... I'm just saying that that's the only thing I can think of when clothes are being ripped apart. Like I know Tyson really was trying to kill Lennox Lewis in that in that. Yeah, of he, he he actually bit Lennox Lewis in the leg. Do you know that? During that scuffle, I didn't think we we're going to talk about that, but yeah. I mean, I'm, not, I'm not going to get into it right now. We'll talk about it another time. Yeah, it's but another time. We'll but to, I mean, I'm saying when, that when I'm saying his pants got ripped. Ring, we'll talk about I just, that. One. Yeah, I'm just saying that that you know when when scuffles are real, like you know you get someone like Tyson who's going to bite. You're going to have a bite mark. You get on your dirty. Arm. You, you get, get dirty. dirty. Yeah, man. Ain't no refs there. You know, it, 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 it's, it's basically no holes bar, and uh, <laughs> that, to me, the true no holes bar, not the WWE style. Yeah. Try, you know, with them fake scratches and so this is I'm going to bite your ankle. So let's just keep it 100 here now. Tiafimo's got to move now to, they're saying tentatively two weeks to June 19th. That's even worse when you think about it because, okay, if he stayed on June 5th, you have to worry about how many people is not going to buy the pay-per-view because they're going to wait till Sunday to yep. watch Floyd, right? So you're just like, okay, they, they did the numbers. We're not going to compete with Floyd. Let's go to June 19th, possibly. But on June 19th, the zone has a card. Free. Technically, unless you pay, like I pay, I own the zone. You no, know I mean, I pay for it. I paid the $100 for the year. So I don't got to worry about paying any, come out of pocket for the zone. Exactly. ESPN got a card that weekend as well, the same time. I don't pay for ESPN. That's part of my cable package. Exactly. Uh, Showtime is putting a card that weekend as well. You know what, though? I, I, I admit, I watch, a, I have every single TV in my house, every channel house. I have Showtime. So you know what, though? I already got that on the budget and part of my cable plan because that's part of my cable package. So everything that comes on boxing on Saturday, they, they're playing the Mutu, Jorge. Mm-hmm. I already have paid for it as part of my cable package. So I'm not paying any extra money. Yep. So this is what I was talking about, TFEMO competing against Manny, but just in general, in a pay-per-view model when he's not ready yet. Yep. How can he can't compete against Floyd? Reason why they're moving that no one can compete against Floyd. Hell, the only person competing against Floyd is Manny Pacquiao. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna compete against three free events, and then you don't even have the bells and whistles of WWE style, like where Oscar's not gonna be drunk on a telecast. They even said this is gonna be a traditional boxing pay-per-view compared to there's not gonna be no music performances. They're gonna try to do it the old school way with Tia Female, you know. So I'm just gonna come back and say what I said about a month ago. Tia Fimo's getting got screwed. He get he's getting paid, but he's kind of screwing himself to the point where I mentioned that if these pay-per-view numbers come in low, do you really want to take that chance and compete with him with the A side? Unless you have Tank Davis or Ryan Garcia in the ring with him. Yeah. That's the only pay-per-view model. It, 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 I'm just saying, um, I want to get your I'm gonna hear what you're gonna say, but I do not see any scenario right now that he has a successful pay-per-view if it's going to be in June. He One of the things he's, he's, got, he's probably got going right now is, is definitely a bruised ego. So you think about it this way. Right? You were already facing the threat of getting pushed off with Manny Pacquiao. Mm-hmm. Then you got Floyd, who basically said he saw the calendar, saw you on the schedule anyways, and he said... Easy win. And he said, F you. 
I'm going to make this money. You're going to have to move on your own. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. And you're gambling, you know that line. Exactly. So he got moved. Floyd basically said F you. So basically, yeah, you know, you're only getting some disrespect already for the way you handled your business in the first place. A lot of this, you're doing this to your damn self. Mm-hmm. But now you got basically the boxing world retired boxers are saying, F you too. I can come and make this more money than you can. Good luck on your following, you know, your two weeks from now, uh, you know, fighting stuff. It, it's a humble pie. He's eating some humble pie right now. And, you know, granted, it's a $6 million humble pie, but. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's the total pie. He's getting three and change. Three and change. But let's just put it this way. It, it's, yeah. it's not looking good if these pay-per-view numbers for him on the 19th against free fights, basically, according to your package, because I have the same DAZN package as you have, so mm-hmm. I don't got to pay for DAZN. Right. I can watch ESPN for free anywhere I can that's got cable. Like I said, it doesn't have to be in my house. I go to somebody else's house and watch it for free. Mm-hmm. The same thing for shows. I can go to your crib. I can go to your boss's crib and watch it. At the end of the day, I don't, you know, if you're competing against free fights, mm-hmm. and you're going, you're playing, you did all this to fight a mandatory, a no-name mandatory, unfortunately, no disrespect to the other fighter, but that right. is exactly what it is. If it was a high name mandatory, mm-hmm. that would make sense. You're facing a no name mandatory. If your mandatory was Devin Haney, that would have been different. That, even then, I don't see the pay per view numbers move. The diehards like me, the diehards would have oh, bought. Oh, okay, it. let me let me let me track. The diehards like me and you would buy the pay per view, but the casual still wouldn't cop it. So the numbers would go up for like me and you type of crowd, but Either weekend, it still would get killed against Floyd. Oh, yeah, of course. Floyd. No, that's you know what I'm saying? You're not like, being Floyd or Manny, no matter what. But I'd say, I'd say if you were, I mean, basically, he needed a, this fight from the get go, from the beginning. You you look like you were in the free and clear on the fifth. No one was interfere. Let me start- add too that Evander Holyfield is supposed to be an yeah. exhibition card with Peter McNeely, the last guy who technically beat Mike Tyson in an actual real fight, right? And if you add Evander Holyfield to your cart, and you still fast not enough. That's not moving the needle. That's, that's not going to move it. Now, if it was Holyfield Tyson, that would have moved the needle. Oh, yeah. Floyd would not touch that. I know that for I a think, fact. I think Floyd, Floyd, Floyd would not even think that weekend. He's like, let's look at something. Let's look at it. We'll, we'll look at June 19th when they're free joints and we'll, we can take their free joints. You know what he, I'm saying? He, he, might, he might have been there fight night to watch it at ringside. That, oh, that, yeah, that, that would have yeah, been Floyd yeah. on that one. He, he probably have he probably been betting the fight. Too. He he paid respects to the, he paid respects to the legends. He would have done he would have done the right thing and stayed off of that one. But I just want to add that that Holyfield's on the undercard, and that still made Triller move the fight two weeks. It's still not official yet. Because they haven't locked in that day. They they did threw the 19th out there. There still could be a possibility they might move to the 26th. Because that's a less boxing weekend. I mean, but the fact that they're forced to move back, then they only had just the one exhibition fight. Then you got the fact that it's a pay-per-view. You got to promote it. Yep. And Tia Female is not the Paul brothers who have a combined close to 40 million social media files where all they got to do is send one tweet or do one YouTube video. And within t- less than 12 hours, all 40 million of his uh, of both the brothers followers would see that retweet it, watch it over again and then put it on different social media platforms that's a whole different platform than what tfima has he's on twitter he's doing he, he's pumping himself up he ain't the paul brothers so one of the things that we talked about in this on our sidebar and so before this the recording he's gonna have to so so kevin Devin, he's gonna end up fighting lenars on the 29th he needs to get on any platform, every platform, be at every fight at ringside, do interviews. So May 29th, Devin Haney, you better be at ringside. Lomachenko, I believe he fights on the 12th, top rank, better be at ringside, better start doing interviews, 
get your ass out there trying to sell the shit out of this fight because at the end of the day, you, no, no one's really now interested in watching you, especially in the way you're carrying yourself at this point. And you got bumped. Floyd said, fuck you, you move off. That's that's basically... The, right now, you're getting a little bit of disrespect. You're, like said, you're eating some humble pie now, and you might eat some humble pie I afterwards. Loved, and I want to say, I follow him on Twitter. I love Tiffany Lopez. I love him as a fighter. I, li- I, I, I respect him as a young fighter. I like what the fact that how hard he pushed for the Lomachenko fight and he bet against himself. <laughs> like Guys like that, I do want to see them succeed in their career. The problem, though, is that when you think... And I and this is this is no disrespect. It's just that when you think that you're bigger than what you are yet, and I know that because your fan base and social media pumps you up because all you gotta do is look at your phone and then you look at your followers and you know that you got a million people in your corner. But I mean, boxing's been around for a hundred years and it's still an archaic sport where that there's the business minds that are involved, and you know, you can huff and puff. Just sometimes, you know, it's not your time. I will say this here, and I hate the fact that we have to bring up this caveat and this yeah. example for Teofimo and stuff. I hate it too. I hate uh, it. And I'm gonna say this for every fighter moving forward and stuff. Unless you hear really clearly from my mouth or his mouth that we completely disrespect or dislike a fighter for the way he carries himself in the ring, the way he handles his business, the what he does out the ring, right? Being a human being and all, right? Unless you hear those things come out of our mouth where we have a complete disdain for that fighter. And condemning all the actions for it. Assume that we respect every single fighter who gets steps in the ring. It's a hard ass oh, yeah. job. You're taking punches for a reason. You're having to work out and live in the gym. We hate the fact that we had to bring you know, we had to bring that caveat every time we have to talk about a fighter the way I respect the shit out of Tiafima, but I hate the way he handles his business. That should I should never have to say that I respect the fighter for what he does in the ring. And here's assuming the, that we yeah, do already. I hate the cut you off. And let me add another thing too. I'm piggybacking off what you're saying here. I would probably be in Tiafimo's corner if he was having this beef with Bob Aaron for a more longer period of time, a la Floyd Mayweather we talked earlier. Remember I was mentioning back in 2002, maybe thought he was thought he was bigger than what he was? Same thing as Tiafimo. He fought that that when Floyd was fighting, if you've been to Vegas, you've seen that big old banner on the MGM Grand Hotel where that his face is basically down the whole one west side tower. It's got to be like what? two football fields long that hangs down and he felt that he deserved the promotion to be there back in 2001 2002 before he became he was pretty boy floyd then right he had that confidence he had that going right swagger was going that swagger was there right i mean that's a whole different ball game I'm looking at because of what was being promoted and he how he felt it was compared to Tia Fimo. Because they was I'm the reason I'm bringing that up. We've had years of disagreement how Floyd thought he was being promoted. Yep. Tia Fimo is being mad that he couldn't get more money for a mandatory defense. Now, the business part saying that that's right, be about your money, push your promoter to get you more money. But the way he is battling his promoter, it makes him like this has been going on for like four or five years when in a sense he's just asking for a gang of money against someone who's never fought. And he just happened to have a buyer who is thirsty, like Triller, to get into the game. They're overspending, which is dope for him. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at this like, I don't want to, I'm not dissing to you, female. I'm just looking at the gripes and I wish I knew all the details behind the scenes. But one of the details we do know is that he's mad that he, he was getting offered minimum for a mandatory that no one's going to pay for until a new outlaws in town. Cause there's no triller. Let's say if this was two years ago, he's taking that 2 million unless he goes to the purse bed and he goes to Eddie Hearn for 3 million. There is no 6 million. If you don't have triller involved, Yep. he just happened to have that. And I'm not trying to dismiss that, but I'm just keeping it a hundred here. He he's acting like 
Bob Arum is doing them bogus for years. And, and, and I, I, I want to know the details of it because, and we probably won't know it, but Floyd was mad about promotions for four or five years, thought he looked bigger draw. And then once he left, he proved it. T Finn was just mad because he didn't get the mandatory purse. They didn't yeah, want it. And at that point, I mean, for 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 Walmart to the to the Floyd example and stuff, he had already a, a resume to kind of back up his his feelings and his sentiment on that. So to me, that that basically gives credence to his thought process and stuff. And at the very end of the day, you got his side of the story. Aaron came back from his side of the story. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the way, you have a picture perfect setup of that timeline and why they had the disagreement where they had the breakup and stuff, which made a lot of logical sense. This right now is not making any logical sense. And right now you're, you're basically hopping around the month of June, trying to find a date that makes sense. Would it even surprise me to get pushed off of June completely? What not surprise me at all. But but I, I, and at the end of the day, it's a shame. He he didn't have to go this far. You spent how many months trying to get that fight with that? You know, get, get the money for the fight. You know, get the right amount of money for the fight. Mm -hmm. A mandatory. You could have been following the whole Canelo program. You could have been. You could have already fought twice by now. Yeah, I mean, I understand like the heart business, and you want to get paid top dollar. But when you're 23 years old, I think that these you know, like trying to capitalize and then make yourself the star that you are right now. There are certain fights like you don't need to be out of the ring two years. Like yep. when you, I mean, like I know he fought Lemachenko, but then what was that October? Yeah. And now we're in June and we still don't have a tentative date yet. And this is for a mandatory. So that means that we're not even looking at the possibility of him fighting Tank Davis or Ryan Garcia or the Haney's right now because this mandatory keeps getting pushed and pushed. When well, we've been talking about this mandatory since freaking January or February. This is right? a mandatory. A mandatory is one of those things that you take care of quickly. That should have no problem with the negotiation. You take the money where you can get it, and that's it. You move on to the next fight, which should have been right now a much bigger fight. There's no reason why we're talking about, in, you know, in middle of May, trying to figure out where you're going to fight in June or not. Let me just make this. I'm going to make this last point on this here. We'll probably come back to some future shows. Uh, I just want to just really, really point out that for Tiafimo, these rounds and this time period and his young and trying to capitalize on his celebrity is huge right now. But and I said, I can understand you're fighting for the check for a major payday. Like if it was the Tank Davis fight and you were getting lowballed, I can understand sitting on that principle. And like I said, the fact that you two million to six million from Triller, man. I, I'm not, I don't want to count pockets, you know, and he, he's a good young kid. We can see like, you know, he, he's doing things the right way as far as like, you know, as far as like, you know, when you see him outside the ring and then when you see him talking kind of, he's a good young guy. Got no problem with that. I just feel that some of the business aspect is not being worked out properly. And I hope at the end of the day, this is just a blip in the radar. It's a speed bump. And then next year we see him on his way. I'm just saying right now, you know, like we, the fight that we want to see is, kind of slowly getting pushed away until we get a mandatory out the way this is the type of negotiations and type of long period that should happen for ryan garcia yeah you know what i'm saying like you're gonna fight ryan garcia then you're fighting with your lawyers about what the percentage cuts and what's going on like that if this was going on right now for that or tank davis i can understand that a mandatory word at all and then you're trying to find a date and then it's gonna be on pay-per-view and then you got to make sure mm. that if it's if it makes money so it can be a pay-per-view draw in the future because after those two fights if this one is a dud and we don't see those fights for a long time for Tank and Ryan Garcia, 
when do we see him on tape pay-per-view unless Triller rolls the ball again and take that chance? Yeah, and the thing is that and if Triller comes out anywhere looking red or let's put it this way, say even coming out compared positive. To, compared to the Logan brothers, before I cut you off. Exactly, but, but, but in this case, say he even comes out positive, but nowhere near the expectations numbers-wise, Triller's going to have a hard time wanting to come back to you again. And be like, hey, Tia Fimo, if anything's like, yo, you're going to undercard and we ain't go, we can't do $6 million. You might Exactly. It's either you're headlining, you're headlining like, a pay-per-view. Yeah. Or on Triller, you don't want to be the undercard. If you're the undercard on Triller, that is a problem that people will use against you all the time, especially when the time comes and get the fight. Like you mentioned, Davis, Haney, Garcia, right? Guy, you should be you should be fighting with them on who's the A side of the fight. Not this bullshit here with the mandatory. Before we close out of the show here, I just want to tease this for a future show. Uh, this regards for Triller. Um, we, we went heavy on Canelo and we mentioned, well, his old promoters, Oscar De La Hoya. I'm not going to get in deepness. I just sure, want to sure. touch, I just want to touch this before we go out here. There was a news report that Oscar's deal with the zone could be, uh, it's, it's going to expire and look like it may not be renewed possibly depending on it. And he's, you know, we, we know that he's going to find an exhibition in Triller and I want to, we're going to talk about this in deep when his exhibition comes close, but it's looking like golden point promotions is on the rocks right now. It's that, you know, they're talking about him going on trailer full time, but trailer is a pay-per-view model. So, and they don't have a broadcast right outside of if they put on a pay-per-view event. So I'm just leaving this open-ended. Uh, I know that you're going to have a comment really fast, but it kind of makes you wonder. It's like, okay, if Oscar going to headline, he's going to have Ryan Garcia and undercards for the next pay-per-views for the next few years or something. Yep. Like as far as golden boy promotions concerned, Oscar, we're going to go in depth in this. I just want to tease this here. Oscar and the Canelo fiasco with that contract I mentioned, that $365 million contract with the zone and came to find out he was on some shenanigans and he Canelo didn't get his full money where that he went to sue and went and then he gave got his contract. It's, I mean, Oscar's going to be good financially. He's not hurting for money, but as far as it's a company, I just wanted to see this here for the end of the show. Golden Boy's not looking good right now. Yeah, so so one of the reasons, you know, I wanted to piggyback off what David said there. So something we kind of talked about, though, we, we wanted to go into that, but I think we wanted to make that more part of a bigger discussion. So I believe, yeah. I, I, and we talk, I'm going to tease this right here. So I believe our next episode, um, because we were going to be in between probably major fights and stuff that we're going to be able to cover. So I think we're going to be able to squeeze this opportunity in there and kind of go over in depth the uh, the rise and fall and the several rises and fall of Oscar De La Hoya, not just from his fighting career, but also his promotional and business career. I think there is a lot of things within one hour we might be able to touch on and basically uh, speak on a little bit when it comes to Oscar De La Hoya in terms of his uh, career as a fighter and as a promoter mm -hmm. businessman. Um, he's an important figure in the boxing world, and, and we're going to do things just like this, not just Oscar, but we, we do plan to talk about uh, Bob Arum, we do plan to talk about some other promoters as well who've been in the game for a long time, Don King probably at some point, and uh, and maybe even Eddie Hearn, and we'll, we'll, we'll get to those things, and we'll, we'll, we'll tease those things in there as the, the months and weeks come on and stuff, but uh, we wanted to get that out there, and uh, so I have a ear out for that next episode, uh, will be next week, and then uh, we'll keep you posted on future shows that are of similar content. Yeah, so I just that was a report. I just want to get that out there that he could be moving off the zone. He doesn't have many fighters that I know he signed a couple of Olympians uh, late last year, or they were in the uh, U.S. Olympic program. But let's just be real here. But when we get in detail on this, thriller, thriller, 
does not is not a broadcast partner for regular day to day. You know, like you can pay the zone for streaming and you have that there. You have Showtime that does that. You know, you have ESPN that does that. It has outlets. And so if you're telling me you're going to move off an outlet <clears throat> that is putting on cards, there's 52 weeks in a year. And the zone's game plan before COVID was to have events 40 weekends out of the year. You're going to move away from that to a complete pay-per-view model. Well, guys, we're not even on pay-per-view, only to piggyback off you. I'm just going to put that out to you guys, to the people here. If you, if you if you check out the report and you listen to what we're saying here, that don't sound too good. Yeah, I mean, we we we'll, we'll, we're going to talk about this because we're come, we're we're ending out here, and if we talk about this right now, this would be a two-hour show, and people don't want to digest another hour of us. Probably want to get us in sections here, so we want to we want to tease you on that. But I just want you guys to to, to keep that in mind here that Golden Boy Promotions on the ropes here, and when you got Al Heyman got CBS, Showtime, and Fox lined up. The Zone's got their own thing. Bob Arum's got ESPN, ESPN Plus lined up. Uh, what's the other? Is there any other major outlets that put on boxing? UFC does his own thing for mixed martial arts. Yep. You know, I mean, and, and also uh, ESPN has another MMA, you know, broadcast arm that they added. But, man, they're... Oscar's on the outside looking in right now at, by 2022. So, unless something changes, because let's just be honest here. Showtime ain't rocking with Oscar. We're going to do it because that's Al Heyman yep. and he ain't doing it. ESPN, Bob Aaron, be like, nah, <laughs> we, yeah, we HBO, dolo. HBO left the boxing game. And the zone is like, yo, we got Canelo. We don't need you. Yeah. So I just want to put that out there and uh, we'll talk about this in depth. But I thought that was very interesting that all they have left is him and ryan garcia and virgil ortiz yeah no so like i said next episode we'll cover a lot of the things uh that predate uh early oscar stuff middle oscar stuff and then the current things with oscar and, mm -hmm. and we'll speculate on some of the things that are coming on forward because again unless oscar comes out with something that is completely unexpected that will game changer as a game changer and stuff um i tend to agree with david on this one something's uh something's wrong there and uh we definitely want to touch on those uh, on that subject a bit, but that definitely deserved its uh, its own show. So we'll so next show we'll have that covered for you guys. So on that note, we're gonna close out of here. We went a little bit over, but that's okay though, you know. So once again, if you're on YouTube, click on like, subscribe, click on the bell notification. We're on the road to our hundred subscriber. We only need one more left. So when you check this show out, if you ain't subscribed, click on that and then click on that bell notification so you can get these new episodes because we're in the harder summertime and there are so many fights that's going to be happening on all the broadcast partners we just mentioned. And we're going to do our best to cover them as well as try to travel to them as well. So like I said, click like, subscribe, hit the bell notification. Like I said, too, we're on all audio podcasts on Apple and uh, Spotify, you know, I'm checking out the new users who's checking that out. Just so if you're not on YouTube, but you're on that, I appreciate, we appreciate those listens. We love it. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. And also you can check me out on Wednesdays on YouTube, jump off lives, the other podcasts around. We talk about life, current events, everything with my brothers, JD, John and Jeff, you know, so that's jump off live on Wednesdays. Jorge, what you got? Uh, live underscore dominoes is the name of the Twitch channel. You can catch me there. Uh, new schedule now just being updated. There's things that happen with life that start to interfere with the current schedule. So, I'll do updates to the schedule. So, streaming on Tuesdays at La Taberna. So, I'll be streaming tomorrow, 8 p.m. Central. And then you can catch me on Wednesdays live at PL Lounge 3456 North Pulaski in Chicago. So, if you're in the area, do join us there. We stream at eight o'clock and you can get there as early as six to enjoy some food, drinks, and get some games in before we start the stream. And then uh, we'll still be streaming on Saturdays at 8 p.m. from La Taverna. So, that is the new schedule. I'll have it posted on the Twitch channel. Uh, live underscore downloads is where you can find me.
Okay. And one last thing I want to shout out again to my man, Eduardo, you know, a Spangler Sports World that says a shout out, you know, he's doing big things. And there's a reason why we got that WBC belt here and there, because Eduardo, I see you rocking with the WBC here. And we know we, we give the WBC a little bit of a hard time, but we rock with y'all as well. You know, we, we just want to see good boxing. So I just want to point that out there. You know, sanctioning bodies do your job so that fans like us can enjoy the sport. Yeah, I want to piggyback off that comment. Thank you, Eduardo, for your support. And uh, right now, I mean, we wouldn't be as inspired or motivated to do this without you there. So appreciate everything you've done for us. So on that note, we're going to get out of here. We'll be back again. There's more fights on the board here, and we'll be back to talk about them. So for my man, Jorge, a.k.a. Popo, it's on the shirt. It's on the shirt. That's right. I am that dude named Dave, and this is for Boxing Now Podcast. And we are out of here to the next time. Peace, fellas. Stay safe, folks.